Hey, before we get going on episode number 613, we've brought back the question of the month. This month's question is, what did you plan on doing the first quarter of the year that, well, didn't happen? And what are you going to be doing differently this quarter to make it happen? You can go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and leave your answer there. I need those answers by April 27th. Today on episode number 613 of the School of Podcasting, we have a really cool Because of My Podcast story, and today is geared towards the person who has been thinking about doing a podcast, They and they just can't quite get over that hump. I brought in a nudging specialist, that's right, Monica Rivera from the You Want to Do What podcast, and I want you to hear her growth. It's amazing. All you have to do to grow your podcast is first, you got to start. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where we help you massage your message. We help you tackle that technology. Today, we are talking a lot about facing your fears and not just getting you podcasting, but get you podcasting in the right direction. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. If you go out there, click on the start button, join now, use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and you can save when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And today I have a really cool, because of my podcast story, this is one of those, I got to tell you, this episode... I, I get the feeling there's more than just me working on this because every time I turn around, I'm like, "Ooh, this fits in so nicely with this episode. And we've got a because of my podcast story from Brody from the Everyday Running Legends podcast. Take it away, Brody. Hey, Dave Jackson. Thanks for your podcast. It has been great producing my very own podcast under your guidance, even though you're totally unaware of it. My name is Brody Sharp and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. It has been three weeks since I've launched my podcast and it's called Everyday Running Legends. And what I do is I interview everyday runners with motivational stories to inspire listeners during their weekly run. I have released over 10 episodes and it's been gaining a lot of momentum, which is really encouraging. It has been a thrill interviewing runners from all over the world who are undertaking incredible challenges. They either raise money for charities, they're using running to change their life, or even just interviewing people who are just training for their first local fun run. Uh, Because of my podcast, I have learned to overcome the fear of failure. One of my favorite books is from Jack Canfield's The Success Principles, and he quotes Oliver Wendell Holmes, who says, many people die with their music still in them. Why is this so? Too often it is because they are getting ready to live, and before they know it, time runs out. Make sure you overcome fear and take action. My podcast has also helped me overcome the fear of perfection. Um, My brother is a life coach and is big on productivity and he once told me that all you need to do to start is produce B-minus content and if you strive for A-plus before it is published, it will never be good enough and nothing will ever get done. Um, So leaning into action creates momentum and overcoming your own little insecurities and appreciating that you will feel a bit vulnerable at times will help drive that action. 
I'm not too sure how long I can go for with this, um, but I just want to add one more thing, and that is my podcast has given me the opportunity to build a community. This is so motivating for me to see a community of like-minded individuals coming together, and for me, knowing that it is ever-growing brings a very positive energy to my day. Keep up the good work, Dave. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to spread my message. If you are a runner or just love hearing motivational stories, just type in Everyday Running Legends wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks, Dave. Thank you so much, Brody. Find him over at everydayrunninglegends.com. And the part that really jumped out at me was here's a guy that has started a podcast and using tips and tricks that I've given here on this free podcast And I didn't even know it. So the point there is you could be helping people with your podcast and have no clue about it. Because today we're going to be talking about reaching people on a global basis because you decided to start a podcast. And so one of the other things that jumped out about this, and I I don't want to spoil the party here, but he mentioned that quote from Oliver Wendell Holmes who, can that sound any more British? My name is Oliver Wendell Holmes. Um, And of course, that quote is, many people die with their music still in them. Too often, it is because they're always getting ready to live. They're getting ready. They're planning. Uh, Before they know it, time runs out. I think John Lennon said, life is what happens when you're busy making plans. And the reason this kind of hits home for me, and again, I don't want to bring down the party here, but... uh, I lost my aunt yesterday. I've got uh, two aunts and an uncle left. And uh, my aunt Shirley more or less died of lung cancer. And what was weird about it is my dad died on April 5th, 2014. So April 5th, April 6th, the day after, but it was two years later. uh, My, uh, another one of his sisters, uh, Sandra died. And then yesterday on the 7th. So I now have weird kind of anniversaries on the 5th, 6th, and 7th, each about uh, two years apart. And so I talked to my other aunt, who was 73. She said, look, I'm not dying in two years on the 8th, just so you know. And uh, I have another aunt on my mom's side and an uncle. But what's weird is I was looking up the year that my dad died because I was like, has it been two, three, what, how many years, you know? And, uh, and then in doing that, I saw in a a journal, I have that, wow, they, my, my dad and his sister died, uh, basically a day apart minus the two years. And I, I thought, you know, I haven't heard much about aunt Shirley and literally like two hours later, my other aunt calls to let me know that she's, she's gone. And so just, I'm here to let you know, basically that, you know, I'm not looking for sympathy or anything like that, but just to remind you that our time here is limited and our time here is short. So don't die with a great podcast inside of you. Uh, And also speaking of time running out. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. I was on episode number one zero five of the dealing with my grief show. See, I told you this all ties in together with my buddy Darwin Dave, who I got to meet last year at DC PodFest. And here's a small clip of that. When you have to go to finals the week after the funeral, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, 
the whole grieving process kind of got thrown out of whack and then running the household and everything like that is like, all right, I'll grieve later kind of thing. And so to this day, I still think there's probably still some gas in that tank that I haven't really worked through. So thank you, Darwin, for having me on the show. You can find him at dealingwithmygrief.com. And with all this talk of dying in grief, let's just have some banjo music for the fun of it. Because everything's happier with a banjo. Yeehaw! Before we get to Monica, you might have negative thoughts in your head like this. And I let that voice over and over again into my head saying, nobody's going to want to hear you. And we'll hear more from Monica in a second. But here is a small clip from a client I was working with. And here's some of the things going through their head. Is there something else besides I need to come up with a topic? Well, you know, I feel insecure about the um, the, the technical parts of it, you know, um, whether it's going to sound good, whether or not I'm going to have trouble with audacity, you know, whether I'm going to get tired of figuring out how to upload to iTunes and things okay. like that. I mean, so let me address some of these real quick. I might sound bad. Well, here's the great news about that. Podcasting is not live. You only release episodes when you're done with it. So don't worry. You might say, and I hear this a lot and I get it. I'm afraid of technology. And you probably said the same thing about the fax machine. You probably said the same thing about the VCR. You're like, I can't work a smartphone, but yet you figured it out. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you've heard me say this. If you've ever attached a picture to Facebook or an email, then you can upload a file to Libsyn. Use the coupon code SOP free to get a free month. If you've ever pressed record on a VCR, then you can press record on Audacity. If you've ever lowered the radio in your car so you can talk on the phone, then you understand mixing different volume levels. If you say, but I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to buy the wrong equipment. I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff that I don't need. Then either join the school of podcasting or set up a consulting call and I can make sure you don't spend $2,000 on equipment. I hear that. I don't want to, I don't have $2,000 to spend. Most people can launch a podcast for around $300. And then it's just a monthly fee of probably $30 by the time you get your media host and your website. Or we heard Monica earlier, I'm worried nobody's going to listen. I recently interviewed JJ Virgin, who is a Hall of Fame fitness trainer and nutritionist. She's been doing it for 30 years. And in her book, The Miracle Mindset, which is a great book, by the way, she talks about how her son was hit by a car and just overcame insane odds. And half the reason was she just didn't accept the status quo. But even in that book, she explains her insecurities Yet she's been on Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, Rachel Ray, The Doctors. She's a New York Times bestselling author. And she still has kind of what we call in entertainment or in podcasting, the imposter syndrome. Like who would listen to me? And it's kind of interesting as a tech support person for Libsyn, I often get people who send in a support ticket because they can't believe people are listening to them. They're like, there must be something wrong. And I'm like, why? Because... I put out an episode today and 300 people are listening to it. And I'm like, and that's a problem. (laughs) It's kind of interesting that way, but they can't actually believe that people will listen. I'm here to say the number one, you're not going to sound bad. And yeah, people will listen. Now you're not going to get 10,000 downloads next week, but people will listen. And then some people say, I'm afraid of 
of negative, you know, people are going to say nasty things about me. Well, most podcasters don't get a lot of bad reviews. You will get some eventually for the record, but some podcasters don't feel you're a real podcaster until you get at least one, one star review in Apple podcasts. And you just have to realize you can't please everyone. And people who do try to make content that appeals to everyone, it's really bland. And then you're not going to get any downloads. So don't worry about these things. It's going to be a process. I went back this week and listened to my very first podcast. And it was not great. It was not horrible, but it wasn't that bad. But now let me give you an example of some stuff I took from this very podcast. If I put this podcast out with no editing, it would sound like this. The first I'm going to say, uh, um, but it was, oh, it was the one and okay. All the time. This is going to be edit point one. I got to figure out what the heck I'm asking you. <laughs> what, um, um, do, and what kind of, and, um, how do you think, cause your, your show, or, or what do you think his, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, kind of, yeah, that's it. And if she was, to- there you go. What do you think has helped you? Um, so this will be at a point number two. Um, just um, there you go. There you go. So there you go. I stopped myself, except I just played that from sounding like an idiot. And you say, well, I don't know how to edit audio. How do you edit a document in like Microsoft Word? Let's say you type the wrong word. What do you do? You, you either click before it or sometimes you'll highlight it and press delete. Guess how you get rid of an um in Audacity or in Hindenburg Journalist or in Audition or whatever. You highlight the um and you press delete. It's really, I'm not here to say there's no learning curve. I'm just here to tell you, you can do it. And you know who else is here to say you can do it? Monica Rivera from the You Wanna Do What podcast. And wanna is just W-A-N-N-A, you wanna do what.com. And I met her at DC PodFest. She'll talk a little bit about that. And then I met her again at PodFest in Orlando. And that was enough for me to start listening to her show. And for somebody who's only been doing the seven months, it just sucked me in. And she started to explain, you could see the progress of her show. I've said it before. You can't enhance something. You can't improve something that you don't start And so without any further ado, this is a great conversation. If you're a person that's been thinking about starting a podcast, here's somebody who started a podcast before it was perfect. And now she's starting to see the results because she finally got off the couch and started recording. So without further ado, Monica Rivera, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Dave. Great to see you again and talk with you. And it was great to meet you in D.C. And you actually intimidated me. So I'm surprised that we've grown so much in the past five or six months. OK, so how did I intimidate you? That's now now you got me all curious. OK, well, you go on the stage and you're talking about your rodeo podcast and how you kind of pick apart certain shows. And I thought, well, I don't want to talk to this guy. What if he asked me what my show is about? And as soon as I thought it, you come up to me and said, hey, what's your show about? <laughs> And I thought, oh, here we go. And I remember stumbling over the description. And I haven't done this in a while. I'm going to jump in. And 
all new podcasters, that's one of the last things we've done is we, we don't really come up with like an elevator pitch or we're not really used to explaining to people exactly what our podcast is about. Wait till you hear later when I ask her, so tell me, what is your podcast about? The difference. And they were just really nice to me. So I kind of got over it very quickly. But I remember thinking, that guy in the leather jacket, I'm not sure if I want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this weird Fonzie of podcasting? Yes. <laughs> that everyone knows. That's a great question. What is your podcast about? Well, thanks for asking, Dave. So you want to do what is a weekly show, and it's the nudge you need to try new things. And every week through storytelling, motivation, inspiration, I try to help people get out of any ruts that they're in. If they're stuck, really get them to go out there and try something new. And it could be as simple as a lifestyle change. So I want to walk around more. I want to exercise more. Or it could be something bigger. I want to leave my job. I want to start a new career. I want to open a business. And so every week I try to do that either through examples of me or I bring guests on the show who have done it in their own lives to illustrate that it can be done. Drop the mic walk off to say it didn't sound like that seven months ago is an understatement. Let's get back to Monica. How long ago did you come up with the idea of starting a podcast? So I've listened to podcasts for over 10 years and I actually pulled up this date yesterday, October 28th, 2013. I bought a mic from eBay. I bought a blue Yeti because I wanted to start a podcast and I let it sit there on my desk and it judged me and I did nothing with it. I didn't even know if the thing worked. I could have bought a piece of junk from eBay. I had no idea because I thought, well, now that I have this, what do I want to say? Will people listen to me? Am I going to share this out with the world? And so it just sat there and I didn't actually launch my podcast until summer of 2017. So for three and a half years or four and a half years, it just sat there. So for three and a half years, she sat there. And if that is you, if, if you're sitting here listening to this going, yeah, I know I should start a podcast. Keep listening. Why do you think that is like, what was the biggest hurdle you think? So I'm a marketer by day, podcaster by passion, and I'm coming from corporate America where I've been conditioned to think about climbing a corporate ladder getting from one organization to another organization. And I thought, what am I doing? This is my career why would I even consider doing something like this? And I let that voice over and over again into my head saying, nobody's going to want to hear you. You don't have something really specific you want to talk about. It's not niche. It's really broad. And I kept playing that tape in my head over and over until finally I decided to just do it. Do you know of anything particular that really pushed you over the edge? So I signed up for a Spartan race. And if you've never heard of a Spartan race, it's an obstacle course challenge. And so I signed up for a Spartan Sprint in West Point, New York, which is about five miles long, 28 different obstacles, five miles of mud and grass and mountain terrain that you're climbing. You have rope challenges, anything from strength and agility to just endurance challenges. So it's 28 different obstacles you have to get through over the next five, five and a half miles. And I signed up for this race and said, I'm going to dedicate my summer to training for this. And then three days later, I said, you know what? I think I'm also going to start a podcast because that works really well. Do something you've never done before, which is a Spartan, and then add something else on top of it, which is a podcast and see how that goes. But it ended up being exactly what I needed to get out of that stuck mode and go back into drive. And so what did running in the mud trigger? <laughs> what it was, did that it, it, <laughs> trigger exactly. where you're like, I can do a podcast now? I don't, I think it was just, 
I had a physical challenge in front of me, which was the Spartan race. And then I wanted to give myself a mental challenge. And I'm the type of person that when my back is against the wall, I work best in that mode. And so I thought if we're going to do it, we're going to go big. And I decided that I was going to marry the two things. So my first episode wasn't even about starting this podcast. I was just this unknown person. My first episode is titled, I want to be a Spartan. In retrospect, I would not have done it the same way, but that's what I did at the time. And here I am 40 episodes later. Nice. And and the ironic part was when you recorded episode one, which you've affectionately referred to as a hot mess, I believe, in one of your episodes. <laughs> How did you go about recording that? I didn't use the Blue Yeti, Dave. I recorded into the MacBook microphone, which is the worst thing to do. So what does that sound like? Well, it sounds like 15 seconds of music for the sake of nothing, apparently. And then Monica comes on, and as she has described it herself, she's a bit of a hot mess and sounds like she's in a bathroom. The podcast, episode one. I'm Monica. Let's get started. So today's episode is, so you want to do what? I want to be a Spartan. All right. And just to play fair, here's my very first episode of uh, my very first podcast ever. It was on a podcast called The Musician's Cyber Cooler. Music, marketing, mentoring. I hope you are thirsty. This is The Musician's Cooler, where musicians come to trade advice. Hey, everybody. I should say good morning, I guess. This is the... The Monday edition, April 4th edition of the Musician's Cooler, previously there, the newsletter, and I'm your host, Dave Jackson, moderator of the Musician's Cooler, and in this podcast, our very first podcast, even though technically I've been doing podcasts for about eight months, uh, posting MP3s up on the website, didn't know they were called podcasts. Oh, just shut up, Dave, and say what's on the show, not to mention the fact that my background music was way too loud. But we all start someplace. Let's go back to Monica. But again, I remember I was sitting on my bed and I thought, why don't I just record something and see how it sounds? And I hit, I went into GarageBand, which I don't use now, nor do I recommend. I hit record and I started speaking. And I realized I had about 20 minutes of something and I was too scared to re-record it because I thought I'll talk myself out of it. I'll say it needs to be perfect. It doesn't sound right. And that's just kind of what I needed to do. That was my nudge to try something new. So I put it out sounding like the hot best that it was. And from there on, I then sat behind the Blue Yeti and I started to do everything the way that I should. And you said you don't recommend GarageBand anymore. What are you using now? I use Adobe Audition. Mm-hmm. And are you still using the Blue Yeti? No, I use the ATR 2100. There you go. See, you, but you start someplace, right? That's I the did. Cool thing. And what I learned was the Blue Yeti was really terrible because I live dangerously close to a train and you can pick up the train every single time it comes by. So if anyone wants to go back into the archives of my show, listen for the train because it is there in every episode. <laughs> Nice. So how long, you said you you have 40 episodes now. So how long have you been podcasting? Since July of 2017, that very first week. So we're looking at seven months? Mm Mm-hmm, seven months. Okay. The the thing I love, because I went back, I did a thing, exactly what I tell people. 
I met you. I forget what episode the first one I listened to. I know there was the one about drywall where you're talking about how you tried to fix a wall yourself and it just did not end great. And that's why I thought this is cool because A, it's an interesting story. B, you're being brutally honest with, with your audience. And I was like, well, this is cool. And so I actually did what I always tell people. I went back and listened to every single episode that you've put out. And by doing that, it's kind of weird. I now feel like I kind of know you, even though, I mean, we've met, but it's that weird kind of like, I feel like I know you more than maybe, you know, me. I don't know. And uh, about, well, do you remember when you got your first piece of feedback? I would say there's an episode I have called, I want to have faith. And it's funny because that episode, normally I kind of create a little bit of an outline for my show what I want to talk about, the bullets I want to hit, and then the rest of it is very free flow. But in that particular episode, I remember I had a topic and something had happened in my day job. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just talk about this instead and why I have to believe sort of everything happens for a reason and why this thing at work wasn't worth all the energy I was expending on it getting rolled up. And that episode received so many positive reviews. And I remember, of course, you check your downloads like a maniac when you're a new podcaster. And I check the downloads and people are listening and listening. And I'm thinking, well, they have to be sharing it because it's very early on. And that's when I started to receive my first level of feedback. So a lot of it was Instagram DMs people would come to me with. Then I started to get a couple of emails. Then on Facebook, I'd get some messages. I remember truck drivers hitting me up a lot in the beginning saying, hey, we love listening to your show when we're driving through the night. Can you make your shows longer? And it's like, hey, buddy, I'm doing the best that I can. This is really hard to do it on my own. And uh, But those are the first rounds of feedback I received. So you had been doing that for how long at that point? Maybe two and a half months. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's say the end of month one, what are you probably thinking at that point? I still don't even know what I'm doing. I remember trying to do everything at once. So I need to get better at editing. I need to get better at content. And everything was, I felt like I was constantly working. So I was either in my day job. And when I wasn't in my day job, everything was podcast all the time because I was trying to catch up. And a lot of those times in the beginning stages, I had the voice in my head saying, well, why didn't you just start this when you bought the mic back in 2013? So a lot of it was trying to quiet those voices and really catch up and do whatever I could. So when I went to DC, at that point, I think it was the very first weekend of November. And I might have been about 12 or 13 episodes in. And I remember soaking everything up like a sponge, really wanting to understand how can I get my audio to sound better. And I think I actually asked you that as well, because that was really my most important piece at the time. How can I figure out something I've never done before? How do I Google questions that I don't even know how to exactly phrase I just know that it doesn't sound how it needs to sound. And so in those beginning stages, a lot of it was just trying to catch up to how I wanted it to sound. So we heard episode one. Now let's take a listen. 14 episodes later, this is episode 15. Hello, everybody, and welcome to You Want to Do What? The podcast, the nudge you need to try new things. I'm Monica, your host, and this week we're back for another week of inspiration, motivation, and storytelling. And that, my friends, is the sound of growth. So how did she avoid sounding like she was recording in the bathroom? She talks about it here. And are you still recording in your closet? I am proudly sitting in my closet right now as I speak to you. (laughs) (laughs) That works. And full disclosure, 
my left foot is falling asleep, but that's okay because I'm so used to this feeling. It doesn't even bother me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, was there ever a time that you thought, ah, I've had enough of this? Oh my gosh, all the time. And I think it's because if you haven't guessed by now, I'm a highly analytical person. And I think that every time I come back from an event, I feel two things. One, really exhilarated and excited for the people that I've met. But then also a certain amount of doubt as to the direction of my show, if I should pivot into something else, if I should dig my toes in the sand around a tighter niche. And so those thoughts start to swirl. And those are the moments where I think, should I continue doing this? And that's one of the cool things is you kind of started off. You're like, hey, I'm just going to record this and, and see what happens. And you kind of didn't sit down and come up with a 10 week plan or a three month plan, or I'm going to do this and then do that. It was just like, hey, let's hit record and put something out. And you've kind of kept in that direction. Do you think that was a good thing or a bad thing? You just started in a direction and you're still going in that direction. And that's fine because you like what you're doing. Well, I will say this, the episodes now are much more intentional. So I know what I want to speak about ahead of time. I have some shows planned out in advance. So right now I have probably the next shows planned out for six weeks or so. So I'm much more intentional with my episode selection. But it's interesting because part of me wants to say, oh, I should have been more specific and I should have had this plan. But the whole reason you want to do what exists is because I was at a place where I was feeling stuck. And I knew I had a bunch of different interests. And so many people tell you, follow your passion. Just pick that one thing that's your passion and go for it. But the problem I had, Dave, was I've always liked many different things. So every time I heard that advice, oh, well, follow your passion. I thought, well, something must be wrong with me because I don't have just one passion. So the shows that I listened to, Bill Simmons podcast was my first podcast I've ever heard. I'm a huge sports fan. But what I loved about Bill is he didn't just talk about sports. He talked about Survivor and he talked about other reality television shows. And he invited on his dad and his college buddies. And he kind of took all of the things that he really loved and put them together in this podcast. And so I wanted my show to be intentionally broad because I knew there had to be other people out there like me that just needed to hear someone going through some of the mistakes of life, being a little bit unsure and trying to figure out through new things how they can get through it. So I'm happy that the show is broad. But as I start to go into the end of the first year and think about the second year, those are the questions I ask myself. Do I want to be more specific? Do I even want to start a second show and take the Dave Jackson model of creating some other podcasts? So these are the, this is the point where I am right now, sort of a crossroads as to figuring out how to go forward. And I want to jump in here on what she's talking about here. I have multiple, multiple shows of which I really have about four that I do on a regular basis. That requires almost no margin in my life. I do not recommend that. And if I wasn't, quote, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting, where I have some shows where I'm just testing other platforms and things like that, I would much rather do one really, really good show than four that were, meh, all right. So I know when you do one show, the almost knee-jerk reaction is to start a second and a third and a fourth. There's still only 24 hours in a day. And unless you're outsourcing some of this stuff, doing multiple, multiple, multiple shows uh, sometimes comes back to bite you in the butt. Now, some people might say, well, are you monetizing your podcast? Was that ever even something that came across your head? Because I always tell people, you don't have to make money with a podcast. When I began, it wasn't. 
a question of monetization. I did not think of it that way. I love creating content. I love producing shows. I love all of the elements of it. And I think what I enjoy most is that I can do something that's creative, which is what I always wanted to do growing up, which is to do something that was creative and earn money from it. And then also take all of the business knowledge I've acquired working in corporate America all these years and you put it together because as an independent podcaster, as you know, you're everything. You're the CEO, you're the marketer, you're the salesperson, you're the producer, you're the editor. And so now that I do all that and I realize how much I like it, it's so hard when I go back to my day job to want to do that with any level of passion because now I feel like I found something that I'm passionate about. So that's a long way of saying I would like to make money from it someday. I'm trying to figure out what that path would be. And in the meantime, you're still enjoying what you're doing. And uh, on a scale from one to 10, how creative is your day job? Uh, negative five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, that absolutely. explains probably why you like podcasting and, and are, you said you're interested in many other things. I know you're interested in photography and things of that nature. So are all those other items very creative? So I love photography. I've also loved writing. I've written a lot since I was a little girl, entered contests, won contests, did that whole thing. I remember when I was very young, probably eight years old, I actually wrote a book and I had my dad draw the cover art and he thought I was kind of a little bit nuts wanting actual cover art for this book that I had created. But that's how serious I was. But I came from a household where I'm first generation Latin woman. My parents came from Puerto Rico and Cuba. And it just wasn't how they thought. Their motto was, you get a job, pick something, earn a good salary, don't rock the boat. So anything I wanted to do creatively wasn't really encouraged. And I get it and I understand it now. But at the time, it just felt like, well, I guess those things aren't viable options. Let me just continue marching towards the stable job. And now that I'm at this place where I've done this long enough, I know that there's a way that I can do both. As someone who's now been doing this a, a little bit, right, you're, you're coming up on year one here. You, you said you have started to get some feedback. A lot of people really worry about getting negative feedback. Have you gotten any negative feedback? I did have a woman who identified herself as being in her 60s. And I had a particular episode, and I don't remember which one, where I dropped a couple of F-bombs. Uh -huh. <laughs> and she wrote me this lovely email saying, honey, that doesn't sound like you. Stop dropping these F-bombs because that's not who you are. And I thought that was really funny because she doesn't actually know who I am. But I would say that's the biggest negative advice that I got was a little bit of a scolding for dropping too many F-bombs on an episode. <laughs> <laughs> you said you have received some some feedback. Any kind of surprising feedback or positive feedback or things that you didn't think, look, I just said this and, and all of a sudden I'm getting feedback from somebody and I didn't think it was going to touch them in a certain way. I know I'm jumping in again, but remember, this is the girl that said that had that voice in her head that was saying, nobody's going to want to hear you. And now what happens when she puts out an episode? I think what strikes me the most is that I receive consistent feedback from listeners that I've never met every single Wednesday when the episode's released. So by 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning, I know that I have at least four messages from those listeners telling me what they thought of that specific day show. And I think that's awesome because that means the same way I was always excited to see a new Bill Simmons podcast come up in my feed. They have to be excited when my episode comes up in their feed. And I never thought that would happen. That's awesome. And your episodes are, uh, at times, it sounds like 
like you spent the whole week doing nothing but research on the internet because you'll be according to this study and according to that. <laughs> and I read this story and how, how long does it take to create an episode? Well, I read a lot. So I just want to put that out there. So I'm constantly consuming information. Even when I'm going to the supermarket, I'm listening to something or I'm, I'm making sure I'm consuming pretty much at all times, which is probably not good for long-term health, but we'll worry about that another day. I would say for my episodes, probably about five hours of prep before the episode. And then I'm really bad at editing. And when I say bad, I mean very slow at it. So the editing takes me quite a bit of time. Although I'm learning to become more efficient, but I'm definitely not there yet. For the length of my episodes versus the time it takes me to edit, there's a a learning curve that I'm still climbing. Yeah. How long is a typical episode? My episodes are usually about 25 minutes. And if I interview a guest, then they're more towards the one hour mark. Yeah. Guests are always, it's just more thanks to sift through and get to the good chunks. And then there are parts when Dave has a brain fart and you have to edit that out. (laughs) Well, I love interviewing guests because, because I consume so much media. I know the types of questions I want people to ask. And so it's not just about pushing whatever product they have or a book that they've written or a documentary that they've done. It's really about understanding who they are as people. And I think that speaks to my audience, kind of breaking that down and giving them something a little bit different than what what they could hear in a normal promotional interview. So that's always fun to me. I like learning about people and hearing their stories. I know you've been going to a couple different, well, obviously we said you've you've gone to DC PodFest and PodFest in Florida. Any other events that you've attended that you've pulled information from that uh, you use kind of in your podcast? (laughs) So ironically, the first event I ever attended is the Work It Festival, which was October of last year in Los Angeles. And it's sponsored by WNYC. And it's all the big guys are there. So your Gimlin Media is there, Pineapple Media, NPR. And there's very similar to the presentations that we see at PodFest, just on a much larger scale. But as a brand new podcaster, I think maybe eight or nine episodes in at the time, and never going to an event like this before, I was scared. I really came out of it thinking, what am I doing here? Because all of these podcasts are very highly stylized. They're very produced. They have teams of people that are there. And I guess I really didn't think about how that would feel when I initially booked the ticket. And I remember them talking about tape. And I kept thinking to myself, what's tape? I don't I don't know what tape is. And and Googling while people are talking to try to kind of come up with, oh, this is what they mean. And so I learned a bunch of information after that. And the people were very nice, very kind that I spoke to. But I absolutely felt like a fish out of water as an independent podcaster there, for sure. But it was helpful because, again, it gave me a bar to reach, something to aspire to, and just kind of think about how did I want my show to sound. Yeah, and it's it's a little bit of awkwardness for, uh, I don't know, an hour or two or however long it was. And then you walk out of there and you're like, well, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, absolutely. I remember thinking, I think one of the really nice things was understanding that these people have teams, so you can't compare my one man self or one woman self to these people that have large teams that are working on a podcast. And that first day, I think I kept thinking that because as you did hear the tape play over the speakers, you'd hear all the music that would go along with it and the sound effects that would go along with it. And I thought, my gosh, I'm just trying to get from A to Z at the end of every week and sound like I'm not talking to you from a bathroom. And uh, that was my biggest challenge at the time. 
But it was really helpful to kind of understand everyone has their own style for the show. And it helped me be, be more defined in what I wanted my sound to be. You're better now, 40 episodes than you were one at episode one. What do you think has been the biggest impact on on shaping your podcast? I think the people that I bet in D.C., so the contrast of Work It, which was so large, and then going to D.C., which was so much more intimate. I think we were in a basement at a WeWork and the people were so kind and open with questions. I remember asking you a bunch of questions and I asked Jessica Kufferman a bunch of questions and everyone was very generous with their answers. And I felt like this is a really nice community of people and I can rely on these people and hopefully they can rely on me as well. And for the questions, I don't know, maybe I can just give them support. But I think knowing that there's a tribe of people you can ask a question for. I recently had a small editing tape that I needed to get through really quickly. And I posted something on one of the Facebook communities. And with 30 minutes, six people had written to me. And an hour later, I had the the episode back to me. And it was just as simple as that. And knowing that there's other people out there that are experiencing the same things that have gone through it before and you're not alone, it, it's a pretty awesome feeling. And that has helped my show grow a lot. So what would you say to the person who's been sitting on a microphone for three and a half years thinking they should maybe start a podcast? What would be your answer to them or what would be your advice? I would say try to do it the right way. Give yourself as much of an opportunity to succeed. So when people say you should have a teaser episode, I absolutely agree with that. I think it's important for people to have something to subscribe to ahead of time. Really bring the message out to your friends and to your family, whoever your support team is, so people can try to pass that word along for you. All of those things they say about not getting behind, having your first four episodes done, I think that's really valuable information because at that point, you're sort of rolling. And when it comes to release, now you're just thinking about the next week's release and you're a little less pressed about what that previous episode sounded like. You have all of your systems and your processes in place. And I think that's what I would have done differently. And that's what I would encourage people to do. Give yourself an opportunity to succeed by listening to the words of people who have already done it. Can you see your life now without a podcast in it? Like, let's say... Maybe two years from now, you're like, you know what? I've done everything I wanted to do. You want to do what.com, but now I'm going to do this other pod. Do you ever see a time when you're not going to be podcasting? I don't. I don't see it. I see myself producing more shows, producing more of my own shows, hopefully for other people as well. I see myself speaking, but always podcasting. Like I really do love it. And I get excited every time I sit behind the mic to talk about a new episode and I, I can't imagine not doing it. Even in those moments where I think, oh, I'm just going to give this all up. It's like, well, I'll give it up and then I'll start a new show. And so there's always podcasting that's there. Oh, such a sweetie. Check her out. You want to do what.com. And I want to do something just for giggles here, just to show the transition. We listened to the first episode, the 15th episode. I want to listen to her latest episode back to back to back just to hear the growth. Check this out. The podcast episode one. I'm Monica. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to You Want to Do What? The podcast, the nudge you need to try new things. Hello, everybody, and welcome to You Want to Do What? The podcast, the nudge you need to try new things. What I wanted to do instead was to talk to people that were like me. 
working a job that became repetitive, working in any sort of industry or role for year after year. And it wasn't about disliking the company. It's not about disliking your coworkers. It's just feeling like, wow, I've been doing this same thing for a very long time. And in doing that same thing, maybe I've become personally complacent. Maybe I've stopped challenging myself in other ways. And so when I started the show, I knew that there had to be other people out there that must be feeling just like me. Hello and welcome to You Want to Do What? The podcast, the nudge you need to try new things. I'm Monica back with another week of inspiration, motivation, and storytelling. And that right there is why I wanted to bring Monica on. As I listened to her entire back catalog, I heard the growth and wanted to bring her on. And also the fact that she's talking about nudging people to do things that they maybe don't think they can do. And we heard inside her head what she was thinking. And now we've heard some of the results that she's getting. And as she keeps moving forward, she's not really sure how she's going to monetize it. If she wants to monetize it, maybe she's going to go in a different direction. But the whole thing is she's moving. She's going in a direction. Is it the right direction? Seems that way, but she can always change it. My buddy David Hooper does a show I really like. It's called, it used to be called Big Podcast. And he changed the name to Build a Big Podcast. It's a daily show. It's really quick. And the last time I checked on this, no one will punch you in the face. Uh, we go to foodcraftsmans.com, Ryan K. Parker. Ryan, can you clarify that for us? No one will punch you in the face. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Your podcast is a recipe. You can change it and improve it all the time. And to kind of twist that old, I think it's a Chinese proverb about a tree, the best time to start a podcast was back in 2004. The second best time is right now. You heard where Monica was like, oh, once she started, she was like, why didn't I do this earlier? Well, don't put yourself in that shoes. Don't sit on a microphone for three and a half years. You don't have to worry about sounding like you're in the bathroom. I can help you avoid that. You can, I can help you avoid buying the wrong equipment. I can make sure you're headed in the right direction, headache free. I can help you with editing. I can help you build your website. Everything is there. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash work with me. You can either sign up for the school of podcasting, use our step-by-step tutorials, take advantage of our live Q and a sessions, as well as our Facebook group, or you can schedule consulting calls with me, or you can schedule a mentorship program, which is what I have now. It's all there. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash work with me. If you want to see me in person, I'm going on tour this week, basically on the 17th of April. I'll be speaking at the Canton Score, which is a uh, a group for small business about using podcasting in your business. That's at the uh, Stark State slash Kent State University campus there in North Canton. On Wednesday, the 18th, I'll be driving to Cincinnati to talk to the Cincinnati Podcasters Meetup. And then on the 20th, I will be at Podfecta. This is a one-day podcasting event in Nashville. I'll be doing a live podcast rodeo show there. And then on the 21st, I'll be at Craft Content Nashville speaking about using your unique voice. So that's where I'll be. I'll be traveling all over this week. And if you would like me to speak at your event, simply go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. 
and there are multiple ways to contact me. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again real soon. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless.